Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook. I am your host, James K, and right now you are listening to the podcast version of this show. Before we get into the goods, I want to encourage you to follow the show on Twitter at the handle at Skyhookin, along with rating and reviewing our show on Apple Podcast and Podbean. As always, you can contact anyone involved with the show at our mailbag, which is the Skyhook Mailbag at gmail.com. Did you not hear that the first time? Okay. It is the Skyhook Mailbag at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at me if you want any information quickly. I'm typically on my phone. You can tweet at me at my handle, which is James underscore M underscore K A Y. Folks, this was a fun pod to do this week. I recorded a conversation with someone whose identity I will reveal after the intro music, but wow, this was a good one. I never talked to him until today, and we had a lot of fun with it. I was pleasantly surprised he did such a great job for this being his podcast debut. So without further ado, Mike, cue the intro. If you're a Chicago Sky fan and you have a Twitter, you would have to be wearing a blindfold as you scroll through your feed to not see this person's account. They are the most active Sky fan in the Twitter sphere, and I am just so lucky to have them on right now. It is the Sky Show Chai. I don't know how many times I'm going to be able to say that uh, during the podcast, but I'm going to just call you Brian. Um, Brian, how are you doing today, man? Doing pretty good. Feeling good after the win. Uh, thanks for having me on here. Uh, this is a debut of sorts for me, so happy to be on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Um, I've been wanting to have you on for so long now, so I'm glad we finally get to talk. I want to talk to you about your Sky background in a little bit, maybe towards the end of the pod, because I have some things I want to talk to you about in terms of merchandise with the WNBA. But sure. the Sky just played the dream in a true nail-biter, so with 6.9 seconds left... And the sky down by one. Courtney Vandersloot caught the inbound pass from Diamond to Shields, maneuvered her way towards the rim, drawing two defenders in before dumping the ball off to Stephanie Dolson for what would be the game winner. I want to get some of your instant reactions after this one. I mean, the sky ended up winning 77-76. Should I don't know. I don't know about like how you felt about this game after you know it concluded at um, you know in the afternoon or whatever, but. Should this game have been as close as it was in your mind? I think usually these afternoon games, I feel like both teams usually start off pretty slow. Um, and this guy showed that uh, pretty early on with a, with about like a 13-0 start or something like that. Um, and with the Atlanta kind of going off on offense. Um, so I kind of expect that, that slowness. I even like tweeted out this felt like a trap game. This felt like a game. <laughs> Scott, you probably should have won, but easily could have not. I like I saw like both viewpoints, um, but yeah, it's it's it becomes like just execution plays. Um, it's up to just whatever happens in the game, um, and I felt like this guy, especially Diamond the Shields in those first that first half, kind of got her offense going, kind of forced the issue a lot. Um, you can see her body just fly out all over the place, um, and it was it was pretty good in this in the start um so it felt pretty good to like keep it close throughout the whole time 
Um, I felt like it, it really, I kind of see like this guy having to deal with like the a top six of the league and the bottom six of the league where um, they really had to like beat those bottom six teams to try to like make sure they make it to the playoffs. So this was like a bottom six team. Um, so I, like ideally it wasn't, shouldn't be as close, but a win's a win and you kind of take it and keep moving on from there. I mean, yeah, a win at home is great, and doing it in dramatic fashion is, you know, the kind of the icing on the cake. I hate that phrase, yeah. but, you know, it's like, it's a bonus for them. But this team has said over and over again they want to be a competitive playoff team. And the Dream are the, the worst offensive team in the league. And, I mean, they scored the least amount of points of any team in the W. And I think they have, like, the worst offensive rating in the league and, like, the eighth worst defensive rating after, you know, being one of the better defensive teams last year. I don't know. I just feel like this should have been an easy W at home. And, like, it makes me a little bit uneasy moving forward with this team because, I mean, they ha- they're technically what? They're out, like, they've won the last three out of four games or four out of five. What? Um, it's not – no, I think it's three out of four. I mean, those teams that they're beating, it's like the bottom feeders of the league, like you were saying. And it it really does worry me that, like – you know, maybe this team had lofty expectations going forward, um, or like in, before, after they had that huge win against the Sun at home a couple weeks back. I don't know. I mean, the the last ten games have been extremely wild for this team. Like the sky, like I don't know. They, I feel like they've had the highest of highs, like going back to that game against the Sun. But they've also experienced a lot of lows recently. Like, how are you feeling about the team, like this team, and like? Do you have, like, any reasonable expectations, just given their lack of consistency right now? Um, yeah, I, I think I even remember uh, Diamond saying in a quote before, in, like, a Sun-Times Madeline Kenny article, um, this is, like, in early June, like, they kind of knew it was going to be, like, a roller coaster ride for this team this year, because um, it's kind of, like, somewhat post-rebuilding, kind of, like, having to break old habits, um, like growing pains together with this new coach and everything, um, so I kind of, I kind of was expecting like a roller coaster, um, kind of yeah, you know, kind of with these highs and with these lows. Um, I knew even like last year there were a few like statement games where this guy were, were able to beat like teams that it felt like they weren't supposed to. Um, so it's it was kind of like there was consistency with the roster, but um, the like the roster also had it, its inconsistencies. So it was like consistently inconsistent, also. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot, kind of just expect. I kind of, I felt like this was a playoff team. So, and I, I, but I didn't feel like this was like a top three, maybe playoff team yet, with everything new and all the variables that could happen in kind of the league. Um, so it's it's kind of it's rough for a Sky fan to be having to see like these wins or all those like tough lot that losing streak. Um, but it's kind of like roll with the punches. Like this is how a team becomes really good and dominant is like dealing with not just the wins, but the losses as well. Um, and I think that's what makes kind of a stronger fan base too. kind of just seeing it like through these tougher times. So like the wins feel kind of a little bit better. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess I'm curious to see, I mean, you, you talked about the, top teams in the league and the bottom feeders of the league I mean where would you put this guy like would you put them in the top six or would you put them in the bottom six because I mean you really can make a case for either one well I think like preseason like I'd have my top six including like uh Phoenix and Atlanta and those seasons have kind of 
gotten a bit weary while uh, like the Lynx and the Storm, which I expect to be like a bottom team, to kind of like be the a good scenario for them. Um, so yeah, I I did see like the, the skies the bottom six, like maybe a seventh or eighth seed. So that's kind of why I'm like feeling pretty all right right now. Like it's not this is not like crisis mode or anything like that. Um, we're getting wins. We're getting they're tight wins, but they're they're still wins at the end of the day. Um, I think I had to tweet like this time last year we were like maybe six and eleven or something. So kind of over five hundred right now feels pretty good. And three all stars too. I think that's the um, first time since 2015 as well that this guy right. been over 500, which is kind of sad. Right, so. which is which is insane. So, so like wins kind of feel pretty alright for for me at least, and hopefully Sky count. Have we seen this team ceiling in your mind, or like do you think that they can break through it even more than um, they kind of have? I mean, a lot of people were not expecting the Sky to be you know an upper echelon team. I mean, do you think we've seen? The ceiling of this team? Um, definitely not. Um, I think even like Diamond has said it herself in a few interviews where um, she doesn't even think she's like she's hit any ceiling of any sort right now. Um, there definitely were people unsure about like her NBA uh, All Star selection also. So um, I think there's still a lot of potential there. Um, so I think along with that, um, that bench is is pretty strong. The the, the three of uh, Copper, Williams, and Parker. Um, but there's additional ones um, like a student and Dor. I think I pronounced that probably wrong, but uh, <laughs> uh, like uh, Katie Lou, hoping I'm pretty sure a lot, a lot of like hashtag Lou Hive out there, hoping she gets minutes at some point. Um, Chloe Jackson also, um, and then Jamira is still like working her way into it. Um, there's there's definitely. It's it's really I think we're we're waiting for some consistency and I think that like the potential out there is that to get this guy to have some consistency with their starting five and not relying on them so much and then having their bench like produce pretty well. Um, so yeah, I, we'll, I think there's still things that could still develop and I feel like there's still a way that this guy can like continue a win streak and kind of keep going towards that potential. I agree. I mean, to me, the fate of their ceiling depends on Diamond and Alley. Like, I think we know by now what we are going to get from the bench and, like, the complimentary role players on this team. And they've been great, especially... I mean, I love what Kalia Copper's doing right now. And, I mean, Cheyenne's, like, first half of the season was great. Or, like, (laughs) first half of the first half of the season was great. But, um, I mean, I do think, like, the bench is pretty set and... But we have to. We've seen flashes of what like Diamond Alley can do. Now we just kind of need them to reach their peaks as like we enter the second half of the season. I think that's where their ceiling. It like it really does depend on what those two players are going to be able to do offensively. So this team has been pretty banged up all season, and they will finally get a break after they play the Fever next Sunday. I believe it is the All Star game is in ten days, and um. I mean, I think the reserves were also announced today, or no, yesterday, that's what it was. So that included Diamond to Shields, Courtney Vandersloot, and Allie Quigley. Brian, in your mind, did all three of these players deserve to be on the team, and are there any Sky players missing from the All-Star game roster? Um, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'll take the home around here. Um, I, you saw my Twitter feed, I was kind of freaking out. 
a bit. Uh, I didn't see it coming. I actually, I uh, just like I saw it kind of logistically happening where like Courtney would make it, Allie would make it with just her great shooting and her three point competition like redemption like contest thing. Um, but yeah, Diamond was kind of surprised and uh, three, having three all stars um, along like I think that's the only other team that with three all stars is are the are the aces so. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, we're, it's not like we're like top two seeded or top three seeded, but we still kind of have three while others have two only. Um, it feels a bit awkward, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, like, it's I'm all for it. Um, this team's doesn't get to this point without all three of those, like the, all three of their contributions. So it is like really difficult. I think, like I saw a few articles saying it was really difficult to kind of narrow it down to the two of them so it kind of just works out that well it works out for us that's all three of them um but yeah all three are like very vital to this team having this record right now it's not like the best record not like a top five top three record but it, without them they, it doesn't happen so it's, it's it's weird it's a weird setup but i'm happy about it <laughs> I agree. I mean, I feel like since the Sky have fallen a bit in the standings, and I, they improved a little bit today by, like, two games, but I feel like having three Sky All-Stars is, like, the most they should have. Like, And, like, don't get me wrong, I feel like where the roster is, like, and we've seen, like, what this group can do together, like, when they're, like, when they're clicking, but fringe players aren't typically rewarded with an All-Star game appearance when their teams don't do that well. And I actually do respect that concept, despite how flawed all-star games across all sports are. I kind of wish Cheyenne could have been selected. I mean, she just completely dropped the ball in the last five, six games. But I wish she could have been selected because she could have, I don't know, I kind of wish she could see that she could potentially be one of the greater post players the league will have in the future. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. I, 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 for some something, it seemed like her play has been a little bit off of recent um, and that kind of, oddly, like, that coincided with, like, Kalea Copper kind of getting better um, and, like, kind of getting her offense kind of going more when uh, Cheyenne, like, wasn't. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I felt like there's a like, all-star bid for her, um, for uh, Cheyenne at some point in the beginning of the season. Absolutely. I mean, she was a prime six-woman-of-the-year candidate for a while yeah. now, but... I mean, she really has struggled the last few games. Like, I don't think she's had more than seven points um, the last five games. Like, and they they really do need her. Like, I feel like the recipe right. for this team to really dominate come playoff time is when she is like being like a brutal force against like Jonquel Jones. I don't know. Like, again, that stun game is just so in my head. Not just because I was there in the press section, but just. Like, that is, to me, like, peak sky right there. Like, they didn't turn the ball over, and they're able to stop the stars from really being able to go off. Like, she is such a big piece of, like, what they're doing right now. And, I mean, she's arguably their best front court player in terms of pure talent alone. And, like, I feel like Cheyenne Parker's peak and, like, her the highest um, potential is better than Stephanie Dolson's and Jantel Lavender's, like, right now. Like... So, like, if she's able to go off, especially, like, we'll get into what we want to see from this guy in the second half of the season, but that's got to be up there for them in terms of priorities of getting her back, like, getting her back on track. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping for, like, a good bounce-back game from Cheyenne. Uh, like, we kind of have, like, fever coming up, and then you said, like, that long break until Connecticut again. So, um, I, yeah, 
I, I think it's, I mean, these are just waves. It, like, comes on, it comes off, so hopefully she's back on. Absolutely. I mean, I think that game against the Fever is going to be important for her. I, mean, I just think, like, any player in any sport that's struggling going into the All-Star game just needs one game where they're like, okay, I can take a breather after having this one great performance. I think we both can agree that Sluti is the most underrated point guard in the game. And, I mean, she was selected as a reserve in 2011, but somehow hasn't made another appearance at the All-Star game since then, which I think is an absolute crime, just given where she's at historically um, and the all-time stats and especially assists. Which years, if any, in her career, should she have been elected to the All-Star game just based on your own fandom and like how long you've been following this guy? Uh, that's like a that's a fantastic question, um, and I, I have like zero idea. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with uh, with my Sky fandom, it it was more very like more casual um, around like the like the Sylvia Fowles draft and the and then like the EDD draft. Um, it, I like I became like a definitely hardcore fan around um, actually when EDD was traded. Okay, uh, yeah. For some reason, that was like the turning point for me where I started like wanting to follow like everything this, this team does. Um, so, yeah, so for Saluti, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been weird that she's like, hasn't been a part of um, just any All-Star game. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with kind of missing the start of the seasons mm-hmm. uh, due to, like, overseas basketball, um, playing for, like, uh, I'm not going to know these names at all, but uh, uh, YDU, Yakin, something uh, and, uh, uh the most recently with uh ummc canterbury i should look these up again but uh just her over overseas teams um because she had like a hungarian um citizenship i believe um she's like able to play on these like super teams because she doesn't count like under their like american or their americans cap or whatever i i should know i should look this up better but it's, i know it's like something of that nature but um, a lot of those years, like, yeah, she didn't even, like, start, or she didn't even start the season with the team. Uh, she was still overseas. Um, even, like, most recently as, uh, like, 2017, I remember, like, she didn't start, and we had, like, Cappy Pondexter starting at point guard. And that was, like, the first time Allie Quigley had, like, her starting role as, like, shooting guard. Um, and that actually kind of bolted, like, Allie Quigley into, like, an all-star level player, too. Like having her not a six woman, but having her start. Um, so then, like I felt like that, like takes out like a Vanderbilt year to be an all star. Um, kind of just like stuff like that, like some like weird variables that just made Snooty kind of just hidden, um, not really like in the forefront of people's minds. And I felt like that was like a reason why like this, like she definitely like lacks a lot of all star games. Um, there's even like this time with like with EDD there, uh, Tiffany Prince too. Um, yeah, it just, like, the timing, like, didn't really work out for Flutie. But luckily, she's on there again. No, I agree. It's, like, if you go back through the numbers, too, they don't, like, I think she said it best when she said that her game doesn't really translate to the All-Star game. Right. And it's, like, I feel like a lot of fans that vote in the All-Star game, they don't typically go by what they actually watch on the screen because it's all about box score dominance. And I hate to say it, but, like, some if you go through her WNBA page, like she does, like those numbers don't scream at you. It's, I think the only case you can really 
I'm not only make, but I do think that the her best case for like why she should have been an all star that like in any year that she wasn't was last year. And I mean, I I honestly would have put her in the all star game over um, Allie Quigley just based on importance and like what she did for that team. Like, um, I mean, both of those players deserve to be there, obviously, but. I had to pick. I went to a lot of those games last year because I was a beat reporter, um, covering the team. And I mean, you just marvel at what she does on the court when you watch her live. And unfortunately, that just doesn't grasp WNBA fans in terms when it comes to the voting. And and I guess you can also make the case that last year she shouldn't have been an All Star just because I don't know if you remember like the ten game stretch last year, like immediately after the All Star game, but she was averaging sixteen, ten, and five during that 10 game span and had, you know, the seventh triple double in WNBA history. Um, other than that though, there's really not much of a case against her. I mean, she's going to go down as one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game of basketball. And she's not going to be someone who's known as a perennial all-star. I mean, I think we'll have some more revisionist history with this once she's elected to the hall of fame. (laughs) And I think that actually, I mean, that is inevitable in my opinion. I mean, she is, one of my favorite stats about her is that she is the fastest person. Um, well, no, she has played the least amount of minutes of anyone in the top 26 in career total assists. And she's like, what, right now she's seventh all time in career assists. Like, that's just unbelievable to me. So, through this next one, though, Sky Show Chai. I, was, I had to work that in there once. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Chai. Chai? Yeah. My bad. Um, no, it's like, <laughs> I have a hard time saying it, too, so. It was I like, so I, hard. Even when I made the handle, I wasn't even sure exactly what I was doing or if I could even say it myself. So I was so nervous yeah. going into this that you were going to ask for me not okay. to call you Brian and that you were going to be like, I want to keep uh, my uh, my true identity under wraps. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to worry I was going to have to say that throughout the whole podcast. But <laughs> I'm going to give you a number, and I want you to decide whether you would take the over or under on the amount of All-Star games the player – a name will go to in the future. So, are you ready for this? Okay. Sure. So, Allie Quigley is the person to start this off. Would you take the over or under, or even, you can go even if you want. If the line was set at two All-Star Game appearances for Allie Quigley, would you take the over or under on that one? Well, isn't, this will be our third one, though, right? No, like, I meant, like, it's my bad, like, from now on. Like, so, from starting... Oh, from all going forward. Moving forward. Okay. Two All-Star games. Yeah, I should have clarified that. Two All-Star. So the next two seasons? Or just like in so however long Allie Quigley plays for. Right. Um, okay, I don't want to put like a timetable for I know. Things. I don't want to but, go there. Um, I'll, I'll go the under for that. Yeah. Um, definitely. I just feel like she's still going to go like uh, back to back to back with that three-point contest. Uh, so we could see her in like that capacity. Uh, but All-Star. Um, we'll see definitely with um, the younger players coming up too uh, Diamond, Gabby uh, Katie Lou so yeah I, I, there'll be a transition for sure so so wait yeah. are you going to take the over or under on that one under I'll take the under yeah. I, I agree with you on this one. Like, Ali is 33, and I, I know we don't want to bring up the timeline. We're not talking about the timeline. But, Let's not talk about it. <laughs> but, I mean, she has slowed a slight regression this season in terms of points per game. And like we just talked about, like, the All-Star game is about what the num- like the traditional stats that you put up typically. And 
I mean, I do think that if she continues to dominate the three-point contest, like, she'll just continue to make the All-Star game just because of her image as a sharpshooter, and shooting is the most... I don't know, I feel like it's the most um, relatable skill in basketball for fans, because they can... If they can't dunk, you know, maybe they can be that kid in, at the gym that can only hit corner threes. Like, um, do they tend to vote for those type of players? I still don't think that she's going to make two more All-Star games. I, I have to take the under on that one as well. Yeah. Courtney Vandersloot, would you take the over or under at her making two more All-Star games in her career? Another two. Uh, I, I, I can go. I'd probably go even on this one. I probably wouldn't go too crazy i think her, her importance on the team um is pretty is pretty high um she's like lead point guard she's gonna have the ball on her hands a lot um behind her she has like jameer falconer who's like improving she's she definitely had like starting level potential or abilities jameer did um like earlier years before this injury um so like her development still is like really important um but i think like absolutely still vital to this like this team and I think for the future too um yeah we, we drafted Chloe Jackson too um like looking long range ahead but um she's still like the assist queen so I think <laughs> she gets at least two man I don't know about this I, I was really torn on this one especially and the first two I'm glad I picked the first two uh to be the toughest ones I think I might take the under on this one, and okay. I think that she, I mean, again, I do think her game does just, unless you watch her every game, like we do, as, you know, people that create content about, like around this team, like I just feel like the fans are just going to continue to suck for not recognizing her for what she is, and her, I feel like she has reached her ceiling in terms of what she can do as a scorer. And like you said, like with how many young offensive weapons that are on this roster, like how could those numbers go up? And if she, you know, was a fringe all star this year, like I don't really know what she's going to do. That's um, uh, maybe if she averaged like nine assists per game for an entire season, like no one in WNBA history has ever done that before. Maybe if she did that, I could see her making more than two all star games down the road. I just have no faith in the fans. I really don't. And I do think the younger players are going to start eating up some of that, some tick, honestly. And yeah. at least I hope so. And ideally for the Sky, they won't have to rely on Sloot and Ellie Quigley for the next 10 years. <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah, yeah, the fan vote is uh, is a kind of a not helpful for the Sky. I think I, I think the highest like player initially in those fan votes was like Diamond at like 18. Yeah. And that was like, right in front of like Diana Taurasi who like hadn't played yet so well I'm glad um, you just mentioned Diamond because yeah. I was going to ask you would you take the over or under at ready for this one five okay. all-star game appearances for Diamond <laughs> these are good numbers these are definitely like Vegas like at the right amount numbers um I'm going with the over, over for this one though this is only year two for Diamond um I I really one part of like me being so happy that she made it this year is that, um, yeah, like all stars kind of like continue like, be, like staying as all stars. Um, you kind of see that with like a Candace Dupree or a or a Tina Charles. Like these aren't like their best top years, but um, they're still consistent. They're still like good players, and like everyone knows them as good players, um, coaches and media and, and fans and like player player ranks and everything. Um, so I think Diamond being on this one is. It, it's good to like to have their first one 
and then hopefully that like leads to more. Um, five is a big number. That's it. It would be quite an accomplishment. Um, but I think Diamond Diamond gets the Diamond's potential. I like. I'm really all about it. Um, I'm all for her making that many. I agree. I'm taking the over on this because Diamond yeah. is just at some point in her career is going to piece this together at some point. And yeah. when she does, she's just going to be an all-star starter for a long time. Like I think she, I think she has a 20 point per game score and she just, she's a sophomore, you know, like she, it, yeah. the bumps in the road it's are going young. to happen. And yeah. I mean, she just needs to put it all together. I have all the faith in the world that she's going. I mean, she's just going to become a league wide gem during the mid season festivities every year. I really do believe that. Yeah. I saw what you did there with the gem. So. <laughs> I was hoping uh, maybe the audience would catch that one. Um, um, so, like, how many all stars would you? I know this is off script, but like, how how many would you uh, give Diamond? Like, let's say she plays fifteen seasons. She didn't play in Europe over like over this past year because I think she was yeah. just working in the gym on her shot. I mean, that yeah. helps her chances a lot yeah. of being able to play in the WNBA. Or would you? Like how? What's the amount of All Stars games that you see her playing in? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like statistically, how how it kind of works out. I mean, we definitely have our the stars that aren't here in this like 2019 season that will like definitely factor in all this too. Um. I I uh, I'd probably go. I think five sounds pretty good. Yeah, I, I would. I would have to see like what like Angel McCaughey like her numbers look, and I'd probably like just match that because I feel like that's the kind of like um, star tra- uh, trajectory that she's kind of on. I really like that one a lot, actually. Yeah. That, I could see that as well. Um, yeah. I do think though that her like I don't know if she is gonna ever play overseas, but just based on her not yeah. doing it this early in her career, like it'd be kind of weird for her to start going to Europe or just not, uh, you know, practice in the United States and, like, go yeah, play overseas well, and then, yeah, she was know. She wasn't, like, uh, I forgot the name again. I can't, I can't pronounce these names, but she was in that Turkish league um, that she was in, like, her, before she was drafted. Um, and then she, like, didn't play for them. Um, and then I, I just, I believe I saw that she went to, like, China for, like, a couple games uh, for, like, a playoff run. Um but these but, people are all, yeah. like the play, or the rest of the league. I mean, they're playing year round, and they oh, yeah. don't get that luxury of being able to do that. I mean, the stars do obviously, and like someone yeah. like the like the actually, you know what? Maybe not the stars because maybe that's unfair. Maybe saying like the most marketable players in the league kind of get that luxury because they don't have. Um, I mean, yeah. some of them have those media jobs as well that I feel like. I mean, that really helps your career. Basketball, as we've seen, and I mean, you've seen it with Brianna Stewart <laughs> tearing her Achilles in the offseason. Like, basketball is a brutal game to play, and it takes yeah. so much out of you. Um, so, I mean, I yeah, do think... Yeah, definitely to play at a high level. And just seeing, like, today how Diamond plays, too, uh, oh. pretty, pretty aggressively. So, um, you can't really do that forever. Does anybody um, fall harder in the league than Diamond to Shields? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> um, she definitely... Falls hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so this is where the segment gets a little bit interesting because I do think that we, okay. there's a lot of fringe all-stars like in terms of potential. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Stephanie Dolson. Would you take the over or under at one all-star game appearance for Steph? I'll take... 
I'll take I'll probably take even. I can see maybe one more coming out. Um, there are a lot of like center all stars. Uh, you get your like your Griners, Fowles, Cambage, and then John Quell all up in here too. Um, that and that's like that's missing like a lot of people too. So it it would be very difficult. Um, but maybe like one really strong Steph Dolson season um, kind of gets her at least one. It's I, I, I don't feel super confident about it, but maybe I, I maybe could have it. So I would take the over if okay. I had ta- I don't know had a couple of you know uh, a couple of beers on this one just because <laughs> I think there is a path where Stephanie can actually get to a couple of All Star games and it's only because where the league is going right now like people okay. love offense and Steph is a stretch five who's like ability to like I don't know I feel like she drives shot contesting centers crazy just because of her face up game and pick and pop game. I feel like that's going to be a trend in the WNBA that we're going to be seeing a lot of more front court players taking threes and like really opening up their games. Like we're we're, like, uh, we have a few players in the league that have that ability, but like, I think it's going to become a normalcy, but I think that she does start that trend a little bit more and that she could, I mean, I don't know. She's marketable too. And she's a face in the WNBA. She's played in uh, the celebrity game a few times on ESPN. Um, You know, I, I, I don't think it's just crazy. I think that she just needs to grab more rebounds. Because, again, when it comes to traditional stats, people just are – they fiend over that stuff. So, to me, it's just not inconceivable for, for her to make one all-star game. Maybe I, I think I think I lean closer, again, if I haven't had those couple of beers, and I normally don't. I think I would uh, take uh, – I would take even on this one as well. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the younger players um... – um, they really like look up to her too. Uh, they like I remember like seeing like pre-draft stuff, uh, like from like Asia Wilson even or uh, Kalani Brown, like saying like Stephanie's a a player they like want to emulate. They like very aware of her like three-point shot and like her ability to shoot it at a, at a pretty consistent level. So um, everyone like well aware of like her her abilities and her skills. Yeah, but and she played on yeah. UConn. You know, like I feel like yeah. any. Anyone who goes through that program, you just know who they are, yeah. especially oh, in yeah. WNBA. Cheyenne Parker, would you take the over or under at two All Star game appearances for Cheyenne? Oof. Yeah. I was gonna say one, and then so he had the two. Um, uh, again, it'd be yeah, it'd be tough. I'm probably gonna go the under. Um, yeah, like ideally, I think she would. Like, I don't. I think I saw some people tweeting about like how many non-starters have, like, been in the All-Star game. And I don't think it, I don't know if there were people or it wasn't, there weren't much. Um, but, yeah, that's, it's, I, I, it's really dependent on if she becomes a starter for the team. Uh, I think she still has, like, a, she sounded like a two-year deal recently. So, yeah, it's, and then with Jantel, I think even Jantel has, like, a three-year deal with the Sky, too. So, um, that, like, We'll, we'll see how that all like turns out and how the future sky look, but it's all working out well now, so I'll leave it as that, as that but I'll probably just go under. I think I would take but. the under as well, but I also do, like like Stephanie, I do think there's a path for her to get to more all-star games than that, just based on mm-hmm. how many older front court players there are right now. I mean, they can't last forever, you know what I mean? Like, right. Right. At some point, someone's going to, I mean, retirement list is going to be put out there and a lot of front court players are going to be on that list. 
She yeah. does. I mean, again, and going back to box score dominance, I do. I mean, she does the four things that we look for in terms of all-star centers. She has the ability to put up big uh, games in terms of points per game, or like just points in any game. She rebounds the ball well. She blocks. Like she, I think she has. Uh, she's averaging one point five blocks per game for this guy right now. I want to say. And, um, I mean, she's a front court player that can kind of shoot as well, or at least she's willing to take oh, yeah. threes. So, I mean, yeah. that, I mean, that's the type of skill set, at least for an all-star in, in terms of like her being able to get to multiple ones though, I think this guy have to get better as a team before we can even begin. Like, yeah. I don't know, really have a conversation about her being a perennial all-star, but, uh, so I'm going to jump ahead to Katie Lou Samuelson. Would you take... Okay. And this one, I'm just going to let you know going into this, I am such a Katie Lou Samuelson stan. Just be, um, mm-hmm. did so I much. Like Lou Hive. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. The Lou Hive, man. Um, would you take the over or under at three All Star game appearances for Katie Lou? And this is her first year. First year. Um, I think, I, I would say pretty even on that. Um, I think there's a way that, like, in the future, the 2021 or 2022 Chicago Sky. Hopefully we're still here and everything. Um, <laughs> but uh, I could see her like starting, um, being like basically the Alec Quigley role. Um, like I, I think I tweeted that once she, she was drafted by this guy. Like this is the Alec Quigley, Quigley like future um, player. Like this is um, this is like Alec Quigley's trainee for like the next few years. Um, I have like so many tweets I haven't like tweeted yet about this, but uh, <laughs> just I, I think like. Allie, if Katie Lou can kind of have like the the career that Allie Quigley had, but like like started started a lot earlier, um, that's a big thing. That's like that's the three point shooting. Um, even though we haven't like seen it like completely yet in the pro level, um, it could be there. Um, it's all about like the defense, learning how to be like a good defensive player. Um, something that like uh, Allie has pretty much learned throughout like her veteran her veteran uh, seasons. Um, there's, I believe there's, like, there's a path there, and, um, again, like, her marketability, her UConn-ness, hashtag Blue Hive again, <laughs> um, there's definitely, uh, I think there's a way, um, that she could definitely get three, um, there's a lot of factors, though, and there's a lot more variables, and I don't even know how many minutes yet she's had in the WNBA right now, but, uh, I think, I think three could work, what do you, what do you say? So, I agree, like, she hasn't looked like an all-star, like, at all in her, like, yeah. very, 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 very limited action in the WNBA. And besides that, though, I mean, she's, like, the definition of a prospect. And I thought people were sleeping on her going into this season. And I really believe that she's going to become a stellar WNBA player when she figures out the mental aspect of the game and, like, gets back to full health. I tweeted at uh, Madeline Kenny, who, if you any of you don't follow, definitely follow her. She's got some great ups, uh, updates about the, the sky for the Sun-Times. But I tweeted at her, like, was Katie Lou Samuelson, um, does she look healthy going into this season, like at training camp? Because she dealt with a lot of injuries at her UConn season uh, in 2018-2019. Madeline said that she didn't get that impression, but as we, like, like from what we've seen from her, like again from the limited time that Katie Lou has played, I think she did go into the season kind of banged up, and I do think once she does get back to full like full health, that she's going to be 
like the the Ali Quigley type player that you were just talking about. Eric Nemchak actually said that like the week before the season started. He was like, "Yeah, I see KLS being that Ali Quigley understudy." You know what I mean? But I think that she can blow like blow past that ceiling. I really do because I mean I just think people forget about what she looked like in 2017 and 2018. I mean that's when she she was not limited by injuries. I think she averaged over 20 points per game, and she shot 48 percent from three on just under seven attempts per game. Like. That is insane. Like, if you get that player healthy and being able to move around the perimeter in the way that she did in her junior season, and you, like, what Allie doesn't have that Katie Lou does is that Katie Lou can is an elite half court passer, and like she makes a lot of smart decisions. She's not going to be like Sloot, where she is able to like make these incredible half court heaves that somehow land. In, like in front of the, the player that she's in, uh, she was passing to, and the defender has no way of getting to it. She's not going to make those type of passes, but she makes a lot of smart decisions, and that's why I think that like she's going to be a great WNBA player if she finds a way to get back to full health. And I know I'm willing to die over my KLS take, so I'm give me the over <laughs> on three All Star games. I All right. believe in you, Katie Lou, and so does the Lou Hive. Um, Lou Hive. <laughs> woo! Um, yeah, and and I think. Um, It'll be interesting her uh, her off season also. This will be like her first non college off season. I think she, I believe so, I saw that she already signed with like a French team um, for this upcoming um, for this uh, after the the WNBA season ends. Uh, so it'll be yeah interesting to see like with more playing time how she looks out there like at a professional level. Um, I really just, I like I just know like Allie Quigley like she got to like this level with like building muscle and conditioning and everything and i want just like katie lou just to follow that kind of mold and get really toned and just like super strong and like don't especially like doesn't have to deal with any more like injury problems in the future agreed Um, that's kind of just the the splash sisters like future i'm envisioning but we'll see i want to see it this season oh my god this that's (laughs) it uh we'll see so this one actually oh actually i've got one more single player ones before i have this one crazy uh, sure. line to give you. So, Gabby Williams, let's just do this one quickly. I feel like this will be pretty, we'll have the pretty similar takes with this one. Would you take the over or under at two All-Star Game appearances for Gabby? Uh, it, it's really interesting, like, what her position will be in the future, from now and into the future. Um, Whether it be, like, point guard or just the Swiss Army knife that she is. Um, I'll, 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 I'll take the over on it. I think she's just pretty dynamic on the floor, and I mean anyone can see it. Like she had a pretty good pass today during the Atlanta Dream game to that led to like a Jameer Faulkner, uh, like foul attempt. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll take the over. There's there's a lot of still potential there. Uh, she doesn't have the height as everyone else, but she has the heart for sure. So WNBA calls there. So. I'm glad I thought we were going to agree with on this one, and I'm glad that we disagree because I'm definitely taking the under on this one, just because okay. I don't know what her long term fit is with this team. Because I do think that right. James Wade, even with just the little time that he like he's had with this guy, he's already like taken like I think they're fully invested on him at least for the next three four years. I don't think he has to worry about his job security just based on how he's able to he's taken the reins with this team. And he said I think it was three games ago he said something along the lines of that he looked at Gabby and he said, you know what, you're a point guard, Gabby. Like, that's, like, what you are in this league. 
And if the idea is that they're going to keep Chloe Jackson, you know, Kalia Copper, um, I mean, Sloot's only 30, so she easily could have another fantastic five to six years. I really hope she does. Um, you know, there's just a lot of, like, there's a lot of buildup in the backcourt that I I wonder how Gabby's going to fit in. I, I love what she's done. I'm, I'm going to get into that later on in this, but... I don't know how she's going to fit in and at least get all-star minutes. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it really comes right. down to. How many opportunities is she, is she going to get? I mean, earlier this season, she like, her per 36 stats, she was at, like, 14, 5, and 5. I mean, and that's all-star numbers right there. And I just don't know if she's going to get the opportunity just because of how crowded the backcourt is. And I think she would benefit. I hope this doesn't happen because every team needs a Gabby Williams-type player, at least Gabby Williams-type defender. But... I do wonder if she would benefit from being on a different team that would just be like, hey, Gabby, we're just we're investing 30 minutes per game into you. And we believe in your two way like potential of your two way ability. I think that I mean, that's her best situation for me. Um, I could see her like in her in terms of her path to becoming an all star. I feel like that would be the most ideal scenario, but. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Hopefully, that yeah. she's an all star for the think sky. The sky can also like become that for her, like with like shooting, like from all like positions, um, and like having her kind of do like the drive and kick type of move. But yeah, it's it's all kind of variable right now. I mean, it's that's what's kind of great about being a young team. You actually have some time to figure out what you want to do yeah. with all these great pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Like one of the reasons why I like really became a hardcore fan too was like these young pieces coming in. Like, there's potential here. Do we, like, see it? Does it, like, come together? Uh, it's all, like, very intriguing stuff, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So you ready for this crazy line? Okay. <laughs> so between Chloe Jackson, Kalia Copper, Astu Nador, Jantel Lavender, and Jameer Faulkner, so pretty much the rest of the Sky roster outside of the ones that I just named, would you take the over or under on them collectively making three All-Star games? Ooh, three is a big number, and I would have to say probably not. Yeah. Uh, Probably take the under on that. I could see maybe like a Jane Tell Lavender having like a good year, like having another All Star appearance. Um, if things like shake out right, um, yeah, it, it's it's tough though. I mean, there's like how, like 144 players in the league. <laughs> how many of them are like turn into like All Stars with like with amongst these 12 teams? So it's 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 very tough. So um, definitely no disrespect to like their abilities or skills, but. Absolutely, you take the under. And I think, let's just appreciate that the Sky have this many productive pieces coming off of the bench, you know? Like, Kalia Copper. I mean, every team needs that type of player. I really love her and Gabby Williams together, just the type of players they are. Um, Yeah, yeah. I even saw, like, uh, James Wade, like, saying, like, Kalia could be, like, a starter in this league, too. Um, So we're just, like, lucky to have her off the bench. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, that, that rings pretty true. So... I think it's fun talking about the All-Star game and the first half of the season up to this point. But, I mean, the teams that are in the middle of the pack, and that's, I mean, we're literally describing the sky right now um, with that phrase. But, the like, the season really starts right after, you know, the mid-season festivities. And I guess with that in mind, I just want to go back and forth with you about, like, some things that we just want to see from the sky in the second half. So, um, yeah, what is one of the things that you want to see from this team as they enter the second half after the All-Star game on the 27th? That's a great question. Uh, I think this is probably like pandering to the like the hashtag Muhaif, 
but uh, I think I'd like to see more minutes, like bench minutes from roster spots, like 9 to 12. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we saw like a little bit more of a stew, like playing a back of five today. Uh, Jameer had a few minutes um, and nothing yet for Lou and Chloe. Um, but yeah, just, just maybe just more like development and establishment of that kind of squad. Um, we, I, I, it feels like a lot of minutes for our starters, especially our veteran starters, uh, Ali, um, salute, um, even Jantel a little bit. Uh, so kind of like having a, a strong bench mob, um, that like goes one to five would be pretty, pretty helpful, especially developing them now for either the future sky um, or even, like, come the playoffs when, um, I mean, it might end up being, like, an elimination game, but you want just everyone there and focused and, like, ready to play at a moment's notice. Um, I saw, like, saw lineups where I feel like Wade can like, have Katie Lou play, like, a even, like, the two, like, three spot instead of, like, Allie. So it would be, like, Gabby, Diamond, Cheyenne, uh, Stu, and then, like, Lou in there. Um, kind of just have her develop. Um, again, like more like point guard minutes for Jamira, get her kind of get her going, get her uh, like feeling out like the court again. Um, yeah, just it it feels like it's kind of tough to keep going with this these top eight, kind of pushing them to the limits, and kind of like playing like hard like difficult games that like go to the very end. Um, no like blots really really happen outside like that the Connecticut Sun game. Um, and like another one, but yeah, just just more more from like nine to twelve would be kind of ideal. Absolutely, Sloot's played too many minutes. I mean, there was I was saying this to Eric last week when I had him on the pod, and he said, "Well, I was just saying like uh, that there was one game where I think they were playing the Storm, or no, no, it was the Sun. I made that exact same mistake last week too. Um, I was um, during the Sun game, I." They took out all of their starters going into the fourth quarter, and they had to play. And Wade had to play Slute, Ali Quigley, and Diamond because, I mean, they just didn't have enough players really. I mean, this is when Katie Lou was down, Jamiro was down, Chloe was down. I mean, they've played so many minutes, and maybe that's kind of hurt their performance this year is just having to deal with these injuries that just really clog up. Um, I mean, they really do add up, especially when the two most important players are 30 and 33 years old. Um, and because the Sky are just kind of in this weird position right now where they are rebuilding, but they have these veterans who want to compete. And I mean, like, there's only like three true veterans on this team, if you leave, I don't know, maybe four, like with Jamira, but like it's Courtney, Ali Quigley, and I mean, you could say Steph but like it's weird for me to say that too I like and Gentel I guess there's more than I like I'm letting on but like even Stephanie Dolson like it feels like yesterday the Elena Deladon trade happened and like she was considered like a prospect going into um you know like with that trade so it's just weird like the, the sky are like rebuilding but they're also trying to make it like make a playoff push I feel like you're right you kind of have to roll the dice a little bit with these 9 through 12 players and it's hard to do that when you don't know if you like if like um what the direction of the organization wants to go really with like making that playoff push or like getting some minutes for like Katie Lou like Katie Lou yeah, I, yeah. ideally Katie Lou should have played in today's game right I mean like against the dream when she wanted to face a, a struggling team that go I mean 
I think they have the worst win percentage in the WNBA right now. It's like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. it, it seems a little bit weird with that. I think maybe that might be my only yeah. criticism with James Way is just not, not really, uh, I don't know. I think in the second game of the season, Katie Lou also was benched. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, they're in a weird position with that, but they're still yeah. pushing through despite that. Yeah. I thought it was, I think it's kind of weird that, uh, Wade kind of like wants to play Katie Lou at, at the four position a yeah. lot too. Um, like it's it's more like she's a post player instead of like a, like a perimeter player. Um, I think even in training camp, I saw like like a few videos of she was like playing with the post. Um, always, I think she in like an article with like Chicago Tribune. She was saying like I don't I haven't played the post before, but so it's like a new thing for me. Um, and it, it like it makes sense like offensively. Like having a three-point shooter at like the the power forward position, and then defensively too. Like I don't, she's like not the fastest, so maybe put her at the four would make sense. Um, but I, I kind of personally want to see her at like a three or a two spot, just really capitalize on that shooting. Um, but then that also like lets up on some defensive like spots too. So it's it's weird, and I definitely trust way more than I do myself, so um, <laughs> whatever his decisions usually hopefully can keep working out. Um, but yeah, I think hashtag Hive just wants wants to see the Katie Lou. I'm going to let you know right now, I actually yeah. asked James Wade about this one of the games I went to this season, and he gave me a death yeah. stare when I asked him um, about like how he's experimented with Lou at the four, and he said if she's um, her goal is to become a, one of the best fours in the league, and that's what we're going to play her at. Um, okay. So I think that's what I mean, I also do think that she's too slow to play the two. Like, I know she played the... I mean, she's listed as a guard. Like, last year when I was doing research, she was listed as a guard, and she played the two and the three. So, I mean, it's not unreasonable for you to want to see that. I just think the backcourt players in this league are just too quick for her to really stay in front of them throughout an entire game. I just don't think that the mobility is there. And, I mean, that's okay. I mean, I think that she can be a successful four. I think she just has to learn how to play the position and... It's doable. I get my first thing for what I want to see from the sky. Wow, that went so long. Um, I don't only want to see this, Brian. Like, I need to see this. Diamond needs to become a 20-point-per-game scorer in the second half. And she said she wanted to go after the MVP this year. And she's had some MVP-type performances. But she's also had some sophomore and training performances that kind of, have, let's just call it what it is, like, that, that has branded her season as being inconsistent, and, I mean, I don't know, like, during some stretches against the Dream today, like, she had tunnel vision with the rim, and I was so happy, because it was like, finally, you're, like, take, like you are doing what we've all, like, like, we expect you to do on day one of the season, that's just to take over offensively and shoulder, um, you know, like, shoulder those offensive responsibilities when, you know, Allie and, and Courtney are off the floor, and they then the team just needs someone to turn to. And she did that a little bit today, and we saw, you know, the result speak speaks for itself. And she's just too good of a player not to just take the training wheels off and just let her go. Like she just needs to shoot 15 times a game. And I just hope that Wade empowers her by giving her the keys to the offense when the sky need to go on a run. I don't know. Like, is that too much to ask for Diamond, especially from what we've seen from her this season? Um, it's. I think it's just a lot of just feeling out of like of her like abilities too. Um, there's like definitely like maybe yeah, maybe there's like a missing like 
I mean, she definitely has, like, the confidence, but she also, like, I think she has, like, a lot of respect for her veterans, too. And I think that goes in along with, like, she's not going to, like, be the one that dominates because she really, like, she, um, she, like, really respects, like, Vandersloot and Quigley um, and their abilities and what they know and that what they can get done. Um, so, I, like, I think part of it is that she'll, she could be willing to be that, like, 20-point scorer. Um, but I think there's just a lot of deferral just because just being young and being like really respectful of your, of, of your vets. Um, but that's the weird part about this though, right? Because it's like, this is why the sky are in that, like we just talked about how they're in that position where they're developing players, but they're also trying to make the playoff push. I don't yeah. think that you can just wait around for diamond to like, to really just coach her and, um, in the way that you would treat someone that is a, like developing their game. Like, and, and I know that's weird to say because, again, she's a second-year player, but she's also come out and said that she wants to be this type of superstar and she's uh, ready to do it. Yeah. It's like, Wait, did she say she wanted to be MVP? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, thought, I actually made, like, one, like, tweet that got, like, way too viral. Like it. Uh, of course it was that. Like, I, I, I think she, like, she said something else on the video and I kind of put just, like, the old Derrick Rose. Like, Chicago knows it's, like, Derrick Rose saying, like, why can't I be, be MVP? Yeah. So I like I put it on top, and then I think it got NBA Twitter like buzzing about it. So they like kept retweeting. I I don't know, but yeah, I I think she did say it at least one time somewhere. But I knew I like li- I like made a weird tweet about it before. It wasn't quite I, exactly. True. I don't know why I th- I feel like I distinctly remember her saying that she could be, uh-huh. but. I just feel like if this team is going to be successful, she's the best pure scorer they have. And I know it's hard, like, yeah. mixing, like, trying to figure out, you know, this player has so much raw talent, but then we also need them to be the player that we expect her to be in three years. It's it's a weird dynamic that they have right now. And yeah. I, I just think that she has that ability in her right now. Like, as of right now, I think she has that ability. But the the sky also whipped the ball around, and they are much more pass happy than they were last year. So maybe it's not going. to... I just want her to have the mentality of being a twenty point per game scorer. And sometimes we don't see that from her. Yeah, um, and then again, I think that like parallels again with like the careers of the, like the early careers of like a of Angel McCautry and like Tamika Catching. So like I don't like I definitely don't know like their history as well, but. I always like wonder how like how they developed into like the star that they like gained. So I like something like that. Even like a Kevy Pondexer, um, just yeah, like what does it take to develop from being like a player, a good player out there versus like a superstar? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So what is your second thing that you want to see? Um, I think again, just I think it's a lot with kind of Shannon Parker. She's she's definitely started the season really well, um, being like. It seemed like a, like the, the number one bench scoring option. Um, it kind of just turned and hasn't had like as many good games of recent. Um, so maybe just going back to that, I feel like she usually has like the talent to beat out whatever um, other bench the opponent has. So and and now with like a full roster in like in our team again with like with the rosters nine to twelve, um, I think just maybe trying to establish her a bit more as like number one bench option. Um, I know Kalia Copper's also like come on pretty strong too, um, but yeah, I just I think I just want have like a good end of the season for Cheyenne. Um, she's doing, I mean, yeah, she's done great. She keeps doing great, um, but that consistency would definitely help uh, <laughs> the final half of the season. I mean, that's what this team 
like that's what this team needs. It's just consistency. If I could just insert yeah. one thing into them, it would just be I would inject that yeah. consistency, give yeah. them that shot. Um, yeah, you definitely don't know like what you're coming into when you're watching a Sky game again, like like a roller coaster again. Like even today, I'm just is this is a game that we're gonna have it all to come together. Oh, it's not the beginning. Okay, exactly. Uh, let's just keep going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like. Either they'll blow out the sun or they'll lose mm-hmm. to the dream. It's just like, uh, what's happening right yeah. now? Yeah, but we won, though, so... Yeah, no, absolutely. No slander. But um, I really hope that... And this is my second thing. I really hope that Jameer Faulkner doesn't take away too many min- like minutes from Point Gabby. I mean, mm-hmm. we kind of saw that happen today. And yeah. I'm not sure it's the right move because Gabby has been fantastic as Sloot's backup. And... I know that Wade wants to do right by his veteran and Jameer Faulkner. I think her, Allie Quigley, and Courtney Vandersloot are the only ones still left of that 2014 championship uh, team um, that didn't win. But you know, they, like yeah. I understand wanting to give like Finals. yeah, like they, you you want them to um, you want to give your veterans minutes just from what they've what they do even like off the court. But Gabby adds something else that. Other teams, like like at least their second units, just can't defend. I feel like it's just, or at least she like she kind of reminds me of like Jordan Canada in the way that she's able to defend. Like she can pick up someone from you know like, just pick them up like full court and just sure. make it harder for the, you know the one on the opposing team. So I don't know. I just I really hope that Jameer Faulkner doesn't take away too too many minutes from Gabby just because I think that Gabby's kind of earned the role that she's been playing as Salute's backup, but. I and mean, what do you think of that? Do you think that Jamira should be? I mean, when it come when it come playoff time, you, would you rather have like the reliable veteran in Jamira, or would you rather like go with someone like kind of like the the energy that like you know that Gabby brings night to night? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, and yeah, hopefully, yeah, and hopefully this guy gets to that point too. Also, like, yeah, <laughs> in the, in that playoff role too. Um, but if we're talking about it now, um, yeah, I I'd have to see how it de- just develops. Um, Jameer, just how she's at that point, and um, yeah, I don't know if they're going to continue to like develop this point, Gabby. Hashtag point, Gabby. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and maybe she can be like a power point, Gabby, now, and at like the four, even or like the three or the four instead. But while still having like Jameer out there too, um, maybe she could like still like take some like offense, like be the point guard at some points while Jameer is maybe like, behind the three-point line or something. Um, maybe, like, hopefully, like, James Wade has this all kind of figured out in his head of how it's going to work out together. Um, so I, I think, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting going forward. I, I don't know if I have an answer, really, but I think they, they, there could be a way where it kind of works out all together with Gabby and Jameer and whatever the point guard, like, position is. Yeah, That's no. Awesome. No, I absolutely agree. What is yeah. your third thing? Uh, what is my third thing? I think I think it's all. I think that's a consistency. Just making sure that, like this, even like the Sky fans, this, the media, um, everyone kind of knows what they're coming into when they have like when they face this guy. Uh, whether it be like a crazy offensive like scoring team or like a, a strong defensive team, a team that like has a lot of pace. Um, and I think that just goes with the development of what this team wants to look like or be. Um, to win games in this league, uh, yeah, just it, it still does seem like this. Go, as a Sky fan, going watching a game, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, <laughs> which is exciting. But 
uh, you always want to like win and make sure your team does well and the players do well um, to have success. So um, just, yeah, consistency. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it'll always be their Achilles heel. Like, I mean, defense yeah. oh, and defense turnovers. Too, yeah. Defense, <laughs> yeah. turnovers, those would be nice to sharpen up a little bit. But, um, oh, for sure. No, but I mean, they're, they can show that they can play their game and win even when they do go off the rails a little bit. But, I mean, it would be, like, if they are going to make that playoff push, consistency definitely needs to be the thing we see in the second half. Um, I feel like this team needs to find one more scoring option on its roster because I feel like they have a lot of options in front of them. Like, and I think Kalia Copper is the person for this team that's going to be that spark, like, definitive spark plug just because she has that diamond tenacity that we've all come to love, but also, like, it's just important for any team to have. Um, and she also gets the line, which I think is something that the Sky have struggled with this season. But, I mean, there's so yeah. many candidates on this team for, like, that quote-unquote fourth scoring option. Like, Cheyenne has had a few double-digit scoring performances this year, but, I mean, she's been inconsistent. We've already talked about that. Chantel has been great as of late, but she also hasn't averaged over 10 points per game since 2015. Um, I mean... Stephanie Dolson, again, she's like she's great one game, and then she can kind of fall back a little bit. I just, whoever it is on this team, I just think they need that reliable fourth like scoring option that just get the job done when one of the three dragons and Slute, Quigley, and Diamond, like when, when one of them goes down and like um, not goes down but just doesn't catch fire, and especially with like four minutes left, like they got to have one more person they can turn to a little bit just to just rejuvenate the offense. I think that's one of my biggest criticisms Criticisms of this team is just sometimes in the last three minutes of a tight game, they kind of look around waiting for someone to step up. And Courtney's been able to one to be, you know, to step up and get the clutch basket or make the right pass to get the, the clutch basket at the end of games like we saw today. But I don't know. I, I think that they need one more person that can score, score eight to 10 points per game. And they, and that uh, this guy know that they can depend on that option, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but who know? I mean, I do think the dark horse candidate for this role has to be Katie Lou Samuelson, right? I mean, like, <laughs> there is, like, I mean, right after the draft, James Wade said that he wanted to use her right away. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's too late in this season because she's missed too many games, like, for her to fully integrate herself into the rotation. But is it possible? I mean, at the with one half of the season left for a rookie that says like, you know, is a project defensively at least. Um, I mean, is it inconceivable for the sky to like turn to her and be like, Hey, we need you to start, you know, be the three point threat that you were in college. Yeah. I, I think there's like, there's a universal timeline out there where she becomes like, the, like an alley quickly, like force on the floor where like her three point shooting is so like good and trusted that like, Defenses start like shifting in that way. I don't. I don't know if any of those stats that well, but um, but I feel like there's a way that she could become something like that. Um, it would take a lot of uh, just her ability and her talent to like shine through, um, and like more playing time and everything. Uh, there, there's a timeline out there where it happens. Uh, we'll see if it's this one or not. God, I hope it was. Yeah. I, I just wanted to see her so badly this season. Um, right. but... There's still time. <laughs> yeah, there's still time. And I hope that uh, we do get to see her a little bit this season. So 
I want to turn to some off the court stuff because I, th- I, I looked at your website and I think it, it's great. And like, sadly enough, one of the most fascinating elements of the w, uh, WNBA, just in terms of the conversation of like about the league, is just, just like the lack of resources it is provided. And I mean, you are an outspoken member of the WNBA Twitter community. And I mean, you've touched on this issue like many times. You've posed the question many times. Um, like, what is this league lacking in, in terms of the lack of uh, merchandise? I mean, like, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. Like, you have a website dedicated to WNBA fans who want to buy merchandise, but, like, don't know where to go to get it. Like, like what is the league lacking in this area of its marketing, and what would you do to improve this situation? Yeah, I, I just remember, like, when I first started, like, this Twitter, that, the, you know, like, the idea was... Um, yeah, I, I wanted to buy, like, something, like, WNBA-related. I even think I saw, like, the uh, little Windsider, uh, REA, like, looking around on Twitter, like, trying to find, like, a jersey of some sort. Um, and I just really wasn't sure why it was so hard to, like, that all this information was, like, compiled together. Um, like, when you buy any NBA merch, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the WNBA one, it's, it's not. You kind of have to, like, search through, see where it exactly is. Uh, yeah, so I just put together an article of like all the where all the links are, where all like the resources are, um, and yeah, putting together that article, it's it's not like that many places. Like uh, I'm a big proponent of just merch is how like a fandom kind of grows. Uh, you like really feel connected when you end up like buying something that has like that team's logo or that team's um, just like insignia or anything like that. So I I just think. Like, it's, it's not even, like, the most expensive thing to do. I mean, that's me saying, like, that doesn't really have, like, a clue exactly behind the scenes, but uh, it's, I don't think it's, like, the biggest, like, problem to, like, make merch and, like, provide it to fans, um, even have, like, help develop their fandom, help them to grow, help them even, like, kind of share that fandom with, like, whoever else they're with or family or whoever else, their friends or anything like that. Um, it, it's, it was just... I always just thought it was missing. There's a lot of, like, pieces of merch that's, like, not available. Like, um, a bunch of, like, retro stuff I keep talking about more recently. Um, even stuff for kids or younger than that. Um, or any just even, like, a simple, like, player shirt. I know we couldn't even really find last season or two seasons ago. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think merch is an easy marketing, like, solution here. Like, you see people like wearing WNBA merch you're like definitely I like as a WNBA opinion like intrigued like oh yeah they're they're also like part of this like community they also like the WNBA um it, it just makes sense to me that's how you like continue to develop this league um so yeah I just have like a hashtag of hashtag WNBA we need merch yeah um and I just like say any like any like merch injustice that I see out there I use that hashtag and like tweet it um just whether it be just something that's missing, something that like someone wants, um, something like that they people can't get on like Twitter, because um, everyone always like likes to complain on Twitter. So <laughs> uh, just finding those like merch problems, kind of like just show it out there and see. Hopefully, like the like the league can see it. I mean, I know like we just got a new commissioner um, today, so um, hopefully, I just it's just something I feel like I could develop and show how dedicated like the commissioner is to this league and um just help develop it and, like in this i was like only one like 
definitely one part of it, but I feel like focusing on it and improving it will help the league as a whole. I agree. I mean, going into this season, there were only eight items offered on the WNBA's website for Sky Apparel. And, I mean, I mean, the WNBA just won't put money towards this, and it's ridiculous because you're yeah. right. I mean, merchandise is a huge part of fandom. You feel represented, and, like, you feel like a part of the team, honestly. You're wearing the same colors. You, yeah. I mean, you, you have your favorite uh, player's number on your back. It's just, like, you feel a part, especially, like, in, in the energy at Wintrust. You really do feel like you're a part of it, and it's a shame. I mean... In terms of Sky Apparel, just for what everybody like for everybody else, like where would uh, where's the best place to go for WNBA merchandise? Because it's sure as hell not on the WNBA's website. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, just like going to well, starting like you kind of start with like the Sky store. I have like that article that has like all the links to everything, um, but you definitely start with like the Sky themselves, seeing what they have to offer, and they have like they definitely improved from last year of like merchandise they've had. I, I, in part, I think, because of, like, my just constant tweeting and saying <laughs> and this hashtag and everything, I feel like they've, like, made improvements. I think they do, like, see what's happening in, like, in WMA Twitter and kind of, like, adjusted in that way. Uh, but, yeah, also just, like, fan- uh, fanatics, uh, big sporting goods, too. I, yeah, it's, it's kind of all on the website, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, you can just kind of just see where they are there's like really only like three or four places but um and hopefully i like ideally that kind of just grows and that's what i'm hoping for no definitely is there anything you want to add before we wrap this all up um (laughs) no not too much uh i kind of just have my tweets and my instagram posts uh a few articles here and there um just follow me at the sky show shy um, just for just for anything Chicago Sky related or random WNBA tweets or anything like that. Um, yeah, I just I really just enjoy the community, just talking, everybody tweeting at everyone. The humor is pretty good too. Um, and yeah, I just try to do my best to keep growing the Sky like fan experience in my own little way, and trying to get more Chicago Sky fans and Chicago sports fans to follow this team because we're doing pretty good i mean it's like three all-stars so yeah that's my whole spiel well brian thank you so much for coming on the pod and seriously i can't tell you how much i appreciate it and hopefully we can have you back on later this season because uh i'm sure you'll have plenty of takes i won't miss any of them on twitter like i said it's impossible (laughs) to miss you so um yeah i tweet way too much i definitely Oh, no, I need more. I need more. I mean, I, I love it so much. But, Brian, yeah. thank you so much for joining me, man. Uh-huh. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Skyhook. If you want to contact us, you can always do so at theskyhookmailbag at gmail.com. And we strongly encourage you to rate and review our podcast on Podbean or Apple Podcast. And... You know, I'm, I'm excited for next week's episode. I mean, we got 10 days until the All-Star game. I cannot believe it's around the corner already, but here we are. And, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, James K. and until next time, my friends. Mm-hmm.